0: Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our associate radio preacher, Pastor Tim Butker, and his message, What Made Nehemiah Great.
1: Well, it's great to have you with us on the CC broadcast as we invite you to join us in turning our hearts towards the Lord in worship and praise and honor of him for who he is and for what he's done for us. And then open his word and invite him to speak to us and invite him to give us ears to hear what he would say to us through his living and breathing word. May he minister to us in a way that only he can in this time we've set aside to come before him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to minister to each other, be encouraged under the modern technology that we have by your strength, by your spirit, by your power. Work and move in us as we open your word and turn our hearts towards you in praise. Soften us, give us that heart of flesh, that we may be able to respond to you with great love, great compassion, great kindness, and then be strengthened by you and encouraged in our inner being by the work and the power of your spirit. We pray this together in the matchless name of Jesus, amen. Praise
2: to the-
1: Scripture readings today are found in Nehemiah chapter 5 verses 14 through 16 and Mark chapter 10 verses 35 through 45. Nehemiah, moreover from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until his 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. But the earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for work. We did not acquire any land. And in Mark's Gospel, Mark 10, verses 35 through 45, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, "'Teacher,' they said, "'we want you to do for us whatever we ask. "'What do you want me to do for you?' he asked. "'They replied, "'Let one of us sit at your right hand "'and the other at your left in your glory.'" (laughs) "'Now you don't know what you are asking,' Jesus said. "'Can you drink the cup uh, I drink "'or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with?' "'We can,' they answered. And "'Jesus said to them, "'You will drink the cup I drink "'and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with.'" And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many.
2: Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Sleep tenderly Jesus is called
1: of all of the people studied in the Old Testament for their leadership skills, probably Nehemiah is studied the most. I mean, he's held up in so many different leadership circles about his greatness as a leader. And so we're asking the question today, what made Nehemiah great? I mean, what makes him such a great leader that his legacy is still teaching people about greatness in leadership? To understand that, I think we have to let the Bible interpret for us what made him great. In our gospel lesson today, we clearly see that when Jesus called all of his disciples together. Now, they had been arguing over who was the greatest, they had done this several times, and finally, a couple of them came to him and said, You know, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, why don't you let one of us sit at your right hand and one of us sit at your left. This was James and John, the sons of Zebedee. These were zealous men. They even had their mom with them, one, one gospel narrative tells us. Jesus told them, you know, it wasn't for him to grant. But the other disciples were irritated by James and John asking this question. And so Jesus then called all of his disciples together. And he said this to him, and it's so important when we're talking about greatness and leadership, how a person approaches the authority, the rulership, the leadership, the realm that God has given them to manage, how they do that determines their legacy. And Jesus said this, he called them all together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord their rulership over their people. They lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. And then Jesus said this. He said, not so with you. Not so with you. Instead, he said, whoever wants to become great. You know what you notice here? Jesus did not squelch this passion for greatness that existed in these young men. He didn't snuff it out. He channeled it. He said, not so with you. You don't don't lord your, your position in life over anyone. What you do, if you want to be great, you must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave, Jesus said. Even the Son of Man, Jesus was talking about himself here, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus clearly taught that service, an attitude, a heart, a life of service, is the pathway to greatness in life and in leadership. I mean, if you want to be great in any arena, you approach that arena as a servant. In his book on Servant Leadership, A Journey into the Nature of Legitimate Power and Greatness, author Robert Greenleaf writes that the servant leader is truly a servant first. It begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve and to serve first. Then a conscious choice brings one to aspire to to lead as a servant. That person is sharply different from the one who is leader first. The, The leader first type person maybe has the desire to assuage an unusual power or drive or acquire material possessions. It'll later be a choice for that person to serve. But this servant-first mindset is what makes a person great. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. What, What is the overarching theme that made Nehemiah great in life and his legacy so strong down through history? It's this. His whole life, when you study it, his whole life was one of service. Service not only to mankind and to his people, but also to God. I mean, Nehemiah served as a cupbearer to the king in a foreign land, and he, he, did as well if, he did his job so well if you study it and you look at it. He served the king as best he could, and, and that helped him find favor with the king. And when God gave him a burden to go serve the Israelite people by helping rebuild the wall in Jerusalem and reestablish the, the Jer- Israelite kingdom there, he was impassioned and supported by God and by the king, because of his servant attitude to go and serve his people by building this wall. (laughs) In our text for today, he writes this, moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until the 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. He says, instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall, and all my men were assembled there for the work, and we didn't even acquire any land for ourselves. They had the means to do this. They had the position to do this, but they didn't do any selfish grabs in their service to the Israelite people, their people at that time as leaders. Nehemiah was not a leader first. He was a servant first, and that moved him to become a leader, to lead the accomplishment of something that would bring great service to his people. How do we know whether a leader is genuinely serving? Greenleaf states this, the best test, and it's difficult to administer, is this. Do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more like themselves? Do they themselves Become better servants to the world. And when you look at Nehemiah, he was doing all these things for the people. He was a servant first. His whole life was one of service. That made him great. But even farther, when you press into this text, he was not only serving, he was also serving with discipline and focus and strength. And you might even say this he was not distracted by the pleasures around him. You know, One of the great distractions in our world is the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. And our selfish desires can take over and cause us to not become servants, but selfish people. And this temptation had to be great for Nehemiah. He's supported by all of these resources from the king to go do this project. He gets in there and his leadership is respected by many and with the resources he has and the position he has, he could have become a very selfish man. This this is the bent of humanity, to, to be in it for ourselves. But again, let's look at what he says. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until his 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. I mean, they didn't even eat the special portion of food brought to them. You know, this is this is 12 years, friends. Nehemiah denied himself earthly pleasures to be a good servant leader. How, how contrary is this to what happens in our world today, in our culture? I mean, the pressure to indulge your own fleshly desires, to, to pursue pleasure, to enjoy the pleasures of this world, we're, we're taunted by them all around us. But they don't necessarily make us better servants, better people in the eyes of God, better, better servants and, and lovers of people around us. And so Nehemiah, and you see this through the scriptures, he chose to deny himself and take up his cross, and serve his God, and serve his people. And that's exactly what he did. For 12 years, he never even enjoyed the food that was given to him. But he devoted himself to the work on the wall. I mean, he was disciplined in doing this, disciplined in leading. And all of his men were assembled to be a part of that service. And they didn't selfishly acquire any land for themselves. Nehemiah was great because he approached his life with a servant attitude. God, what do you want from me? How can I serve you? How can I serve your people in the best way possible? And he had the ability. He disciplined himself. He buffeted his body, as Paul would write. He made it his slave so that he wouldn't be disqualified or distracted by the lusts of the world. And he focused, and he did this work. And then you see at the, in the part of this text, not only that, but to do this, he knew he was ultimately serving someone greater than himself. And we might say it this way. What made Nehemiah great? His whole life was one of service. He was not distracted by all the pleasures around him, the temptations around him. He was focused for a long, durable period on doing service to God and to his people there in Jerusalem, and then we see right here, he did this because he feared God more than man. (laughs) Now, we see this here. He says this in the text, he didn't eat any of that food, but the earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people, like, they didn't serve the people, they oppressed the people. This is exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, you know the Gentiles, they lord their rulership over them. They overtax them. <laughs> we know about this in America? It's why we had the Boston Tea Party, because we were being overtaxed. It's why America became a nation, because we were being oppressed by a, a foreign government. The earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people. They took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. This is the the very things. He didn't take any money, and he didn't even eat the food allotted to him. He says, the governors before me, their assistants also lorded it over the people. But then Nehemiah says this, out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Out of reverence for God. You know, there's an interesting verse in Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul is instructing people of God and he says to them that we should submit ourselves to one another. We should, in a sense, serve each other as better than ourselves. And then it says this, out of reverence for Christ. The Bible says, you know, we shouldn't live to please man. We shouldn't live in the fear of man. We should ultimately live to please God out of reverence for who he is, his great might, his great power, His just the nature of God. And what did Nehemiah do? He denied himself and served his people different than those that had gone before him. And he did this because he had the reverence or the fear of God in his heart. I don't know what you think about the fear of God. But the fear of God is, is in a sense, taking God seriously, really understanding who we are in his presence and who he is and what he's like. And Nehemiah, over the course of his life, I think had come to understand, if you mess around with God, it might not go well for you. But if you revere God and you fear him, and you want to live for him and please him, you might get the strong support of Almighty God in your life. And that's exactly what happened to Nehemiah. He humbled himself. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He humbled himself, came to Jerusalem and Judah, and he took on the nature of a servant there. He's, in a sense, a form of Christ going to help redeem and rescue a people who were lost. They were scattered by God because they had disobeyed him. And he went in there as a servant and he gave his life in service to them. I mean, that's literally what he did. And he's known as one of the greatest leaders in history. Why? Because he lived a life of service he was disciplined and focused in it. He gave his best. When you read through this, you can see his passion. Not only did he resist the pleasures and the temptations of this world, but he also set boundaries on naysayers. He wasn't distracted by those who were who were fighting against him in the work. And he did all of this because he feared God more than man. This was his calling. Friend, I don't know where you're at today and what you're hearing if you're if you're hearing this text but i want to ask you what is god calling you to he's given you some some realm to manage in life that you have an influence over are you approaching it with an attitude of service nehemiah pleaded to god for wisdom and how to serve his people best and god gave him that wisdom and he He didn't indulge in any selfish endeavors while he was serving them. He knew not only was he helping the people, but ultimately he was serving an audience of one. And I think these are three characteristics that any of us can lean into and adopt so that we can, one, know the support of God in our life and be what you might call great in God's kingdom. I mean, Jesus sometimes said, those who have ears, let them hear. I hope you can hear this, friend. What made Nehemiah great? An attitude of service, an ability to shun temptation, pleasures, and a focus to do his best out of reverence for God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, it teaches us how to live and what to believe. And we're called to believe that you're enlisting us. You're calling us to do your work here in the world. You've, you've adopted. And perhaps, Father, there's someone listening who, who hasn't come to you yet and doesn't know their calling, and you're drawing them to yourself even through this time that we're spending together. May your Spirit encourage them to open their heart to the gift of your Son, Jesus, and then stir in them and stir in all of us this passion to want to serve where you've put us, to say no to the temptations of this world, and to serve our best, give our best, out of honor and reverence for you and for who you are. Work this in us in the way that only you can. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. To God be the glory,
2: great things he has done. Who yielded his life in atonement for sin And opened the life gate
0: podcast conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website christiancrusaders.org or on our free mobile app today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of christian crusaders radio and internet ministries we're one of america's longest running radio ministries on the air since 1936. we are completely donor funded and donations are tax deductible they can be sent to 7401 university avenue cedar falls iowa 50613 or made online at christiancrusaders.org thank you for tuning into this broadcast We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.